Shock Sports Radio starts now. If Jason Tatum did not miss nine games, Jason Tatum would have been the number one pick in this draft. This guy had the knack, the ability to create his own shot. I think Pritchard was asking too much. Danny wasn't willing to give up. And that's just the way it goes. As a GM, your responsibility is to get the best offer out there. Yeah, that's my point, though. I think he's trying to you know, look at his career as a whole and say, I don't want to go 3-9. Sports Radio alongside of me is nobody. It's yours truly, Mark Loisel Jr., a.k.a. Shark, right here in the Ocean State. As always, you can tune in using your Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and or Spotify app. And always check us out on Twitter at SSR2019 underscore and on the Shark Sports Radio page. Thank you all for taking a dive into the tank with me tonight. Uh, It's been quite an adventurous season with parity all over the NFL League. Um, We get into the different matchups of Week 6 coming up. And in addition, the NBA season starts in five days. Yes, five days. We look into what the Celtics have done, where they are headed, and the challenges they will face. But first, let's get it started with Week 6 matchups. I will assess these games and give my predictions at the end of them. Starting off tonight, Thursday Night Football. Both of these teams, Washington at Chicago, coming into tonight's game after grueling games in Week 5. The Bears had a battle against the Minnesota Vikings, and I believe Washington couldn't score enough to hang with the, the Titans as well. Now, Thursday Night Football rode and home teams are split on the season at, at two and two. So there's no real advantage on either side. Uh, these next few <laughs> Thursday night football games are not going to be worth watching, including tonight's. But I think the Bears being at home with a top 15 defense in the NFL, which is pr- really pretty good. Um, could lead them into the right direction, especially with Carson Wentz, who is having a bicep tendon strain currently. He's It's a nagging injury. You don't know if he's going to be able to throw the ball correctly, but at the end of the day, it's going to be the Bears, and the Bears are going to win 20-10. to 10. Moving on, we got the Minnesota Vikings at the Miami Dolphins. Miami is coming off another troubling loss against a division foe like the New York Jets. Dolphins are coming into week six with all their starters back in the lineup aside from Tua Tagovailoa, who is still dealing with the concussion protocol. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Teron Armstead, Xavier Howard, Austin Jackson, who just got off the IR. Um, they should all be active. Uh, Skylar Thompson will be the starter as Teddy Bridgewater takes his reps on the bench. Um, and like I said, Tua, you know, 
is getting over the concussion uh, protocol. He should be due back, I believe, against the Steelers, according to uh, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. But nonetheless, um, Minnesota will be a tough matchup for Miami. Dalvin Cook may have a field day running the ball since the Dolphins cannot stop the run. I believe they they allow 110 rushing yards per game. Um, this pivotal element is going to be key. It's the pass rush of Miami. If they can find a way with timely zero blitz coverages, which means everyone going after the quarterback in a lot of different ways, whether that's the you know, free safety coming in or the nickelback, you know, approaching the offensive line and making their face known. Um, Kirk Cousins is known to be vulnerable in the pocket and he gives up the ball very easily. Now, I, I can see this game going either way. I, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan at heart. I get it. and But I, I really think at home, Skylar Thompson needs, you know, some kind of good momentum push you know, coming in and that defensive front, I think it's going to get after Kirk Cousins. Like I said, when Kirk Cousins faces pressure, watch out. He gets scared. Um, but I think the Dolphins ultimately win 24 to 20. Uh, the New York Jets go to Green Bay. On paper, this game looks bad, right? But the Jets have been playing well and give credit where credit's due. Their running game and defensive tenacity. And this game will be a defensive battle. I think whoever can run the ball efficiently is going to win. Aaron Jones is having an impressive season so far. Brees Hall is coming into, you know, a highly touted running back in this league. You know, with it being his rookie year, he might be even be up for the rookie of the year at the end of the day, you know, with the pace that he's at. Um, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he has trouble against the pass rush. And they like the quick throws that he does, especially in, you know, recent years, it's because he he could count on talent getting open, right? So like, you know, I think he was around one and a half to two seconds throwing the ball. I think it's now even um, you know further out. I think it's longer because he hasn't had you know the ability to throw the ball down the field because guys can't get open. And you're saying you're seeing Dobbs get open, you're seeing Cobb get open, but like the Jets, I'm telling you right now, their defense is no joke. Um, the the defense is actually very, very good. Um, they only give up 177 passing yards per game so far this season. Um, and Green Bay is going to be going to be a tough bout as well um, with Zach Wilson for sure. Um, but you know Zach Wilson is going to find his way. But at the same time, you know the New York Jets are a running machine right now, defensively minded. Um, I think the Jets are riding high, especially with the win against the Dolphins. But give me the Green Bay Packers. I, I think the Green Bay Packers will find a way. Aaron Rodgers under center. I choose Aaron Rodgers over Zach Wilson any day and Aaron Jones as well. And A.J. Dillon over Brees Hall. So give me uh, give me the Packers 23-13. to 13. Uh, Moving on. Uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, go to... Um, the Meadowlands uh, at the New York Giants. So for now, I, I was wrong about the Giants. Let's be honest. I think sometimes we you know, overreact about previous seasons and you don't know what a first year coach can do with Brian Dabo, but he has them playing together. He has them winning with turnover list football. 
and a great running game. I mean, Saquon Barkley's averaging 5.5 yards per carry. He might even become the comeback player of the year. I can really see that happening. Um, he could also get around 25 to 30 carries in this game. And the offensive line, my goodness, you know, I thought it was going to be putting pieces together and ultimately try to make it work, but they found to make it work. And, you know, kudos to Daniel Jones for not like, you know, forcing the ball into, you know, tough areas. I, I think he's securing the football and that's exactly what Brian Dable's trying to do, uh, especially with, you know, top tier teams in his division, like the, the Cowboys and the Eagles. And, you know, they're going to have, a, a you know, a couple of true tests coming up, but this this week is a t- true test. I mean, the Ravens, you know, sit at the top of the AFC AFC North at three and two, uh, but they have had questionable play calls and definitely winnable games that they just let go to waste. Uh, Baltimore was up against Miami, um, and, and then Baltimore had their way, um, you know, in a lot of ways with the running game. You know, averaging 145 yards per carry, but they they can't find a way to throw the football and, that, and that's one thing that's discouraging if, if you're the Baltimore Ravens is Lamar Jackson you know was stellar for the first what two to three weeks and now he's facing tough defenses tough pass rush and he's relying more on the running game and that's why I think it's going to be you know going to come down to in this game it's going to be who can run the ball and and there's a theme here this year people there's a theme Tom Brady's right football these days is not fun to watch if you're an offensive you know minded person it's all about defense it's all about running the game running the running game and it's all about turnoverless football and that's exactly what the Giants are doing and to be honest with you the Giants are at home you know the Brian Dable train is steaming but I'm going to say that Lamar Jackson is going to find a way to win this game. And I think he's going to put his team in the best position and field goal position late in this matchup. I think the Ravens defense is sure is depleted and it does have holes and gaps here and there. But Daniel Jones finds a way to let the defensive line attack him. The Ravens are going to win 17 to 14, I think. Now, that's not like a huge margin by any means. It's just 17 to 14. But uh, Lamar Jackson is going to rely on that running game heavily. And then, you know, some deep throws here and there. But let's let's be honest. At the end of the day, the Baltimore Ravens still have a lot of questions. And let's see if they can have answers within this game specifically. Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh. Yes, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers play the one and four Steelers. Now, the Steelers are trying to find their identity with Kenny Pickett. We all know he's a rookie under center. You just don't know how rookies play. They might have to settle for a top five draft pick in the 2023 NFL draft. I I really think they're going to have to you know look towards that future because they have a lot of defensive guys out. You know, call, talk about T.J. Watt. That was a big piece out. You know, some of their defensive tackles are having nagging injuries. Their secondary has, you know, little glimpses of hope. And then they, you know, somehow let big things happen. And Kenny Pickett, I think he's going to have a tough time against that defense. And I think Tom Brady is going to find a way to not turn over the ball. He's going to use utilize that running game with Leonard Fournette and company. And they're going to win 28 to 10 in this game. Um, and moving on, the Jacksonville Jaguars go to the Indianapolis Colts. Now, you might think 
on paper again, looking back on it, AFC South, you know, it's boring. The division stinks. That was last year. Now, the Jaguars did play the Houston Texans last week and lost 13-6, to right? But the Jaguars have pummeled, absolutely pummeled the Colts. In week two, they won 24-0. to And I can see a similar victory happening, but it's going to be a closer margin. You know, the Jaguars' offense has been impressive, aside from, you know, last week's performance, as I said, but their defense has been the talk around town. You know, they have a top 15 defense against the pass, which is fifth in the AFC. Now, I I can't see Matt Ryan having any success because what I saw last Thursday night um, in Denver was just horrific. Their offensive line is dog poop. If, if anybody has seen the, the offensive line, they have so many gaping holes and you can't fulfill a patchwork offensive line with Matt Ryan under center. Matt Ryan likes to stay in the pocket. He loves to stay in the pocket. He's a pocket passer. And that's why without Jonathan Taylor as well, he's going to have to rely on Phil Lindsay now too because Nadeem Hines got crushed, absolutely crushed in that Denver game. And so I think the Jaguars again come out victorious with Trevor Lawrence and company 23-13. to Moving on, you got the New England Patriots visiting the Cleveland Browns. New England is bumping Zappy all over this region. Trust me, it is all over the place. But I think that Zapp comes to a stop. And here's the reason why. The New England Patriots give up a total of 13 third down conversions, which is the bottom half of the NFL, 21st to be exact. Now, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they have had great success running the ball. They will surpass about 185 yards on the ground. And this game will be a running showdown, though. You know, they're going to have to, Cleveland's going to have to face up a guy that I've had eyes since the start of the season, Re'Andre Stevenson. You know, I was talking to my wife prior to this podcast, and I'm saying Re'Andre Stevenson has the capability of being a beast, a mammoth in this 2022 season. And he's going to flourish in this game, and it is going to be a very quick game. If you all have you know plans at 4 o'clock, you guys will make it. Trust me. This game's going to be going by very, very fast. Two quarterbacks that don't like to throw the ball long, that like to be possessional, that like to you know do a little dip and dunk. At the end of the day, the Browns are going to win this game, though. It's going to be 17-13. It's going to be a low-scoring game, but I think the Browns' running game is just going to be too much. If Damian Harris was healthy for the Patriots, I would say this is a toss-up. But since Damian Harris is out and Re'Andre Stevenson is going to have to get the bulk of the carries, he might get 160 yards on the ground, but that still won't be enough because Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to run all over that New England um, Patriots team. Cincinnati goes to New Orleans. Now, Cincinnati has not had the best start of the season, but they've had one uh, two of their last three games under Joe Burrow and company. And meanwhile, in the Big Easy, Taysom Hill, let's, let's talk about the special week that he had, four touchdowns total. 
and their running game continues to grow with Alvin Kamara. But I think Cincinnati's top 10 run defense is going to stop that from happening and make Taysom Hill and company try to throw the ball down down the field with Dennis Allen you know, running the show. And I don't think that's going to be successful offense. And I think Cincinnati, yes, they'll have a tough battle. You know, it's obviously in the Big Easy. You know, you know the Saints always have had a tough, tough team in their home field. But I think they find a way to win. Cincinnati does 23-20. to 20. Now, San Francisco at Atlanta. Not much to talk about this game, but I will get into the San Francisco 49ers. They have become a formidable team in the NFC. They have found a way to win games, even though the brutal start, especially against the Denver Broncos. What was that game? 11-10? to 10? It was like sick to my stomach watching that, you know, both teams go at it. But again, it's becoming a theme, like I said before. If you can have a top 5 to top 10 defense, you can have a top 10 very strong running game and a turnover-less football um, quarterback, you can find a way to win games. And meanwhile, they're going to play the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Atlanta Falcons will see their way into a top 5 pick in the 2023 draft. I can guarantee that. They just don't have it. Yes, they're coming off two out of their you know last three wins, but they keep finding a way to play mediocre football with Marcus Mariota on the center. I'm a big fan of Mariota in college, not a big fan of him in the NFL. He just doesn't translate. And I think it's his decisiveness, his progressions, he's slow. And if things do not get better, Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Falcons, could be on the hot seat. And Desmond Ritter... Um, could see the field sooner rather than later. I think 49ers by a million, 35 to 10. Carolina's going to LA to play on the Rams. Carolina got rid of their coach, Matt Rule. But teams that have fired their head coach since 2003 have gone 15 and 17, which just doesn't spell good news for the Panthers. Sorry, sorry Tyler. Um, Rams have a breakout game with Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford has to find a way to ultimately win games on his own. His defense hasn't been, you know, the best. And I think this is where he has a breakout game. He might have 250 yards and a couple of touchdowns, maybe even make a three. I have the Rams winning 24 to 10 in this game. And the reason why I think it's going to be a 14 point margin is because they're at home, but they're in Carolina Maybe Carolina comes out with a vengeance since the firing of their coach. Maybe they have some, you know, extra oomph in them, but I don't see it. I think the the Rams, you know, come away with that victory. Arizona at Seattle. Uh, divisional matchups are always tough, right? Um, and, and this one really fits the mold. You know, Arizona's a tease in my eyes. Every time I watch them, week in and week out, one week, you like them. Another, they suck. You hate to watch them play that type of football. A lot of indecisiveness coming from the coaching. A lot of, you know, uncharacteristic throws by Kyla Murray. You know, I think when D-Hop comes back, you know, the nuke's going to be ready. That guy's going to be ready for sure. But I don't think Kyla Murray is a good quarterback. One, because he is too tiny. He can't see off over the offensive line. I think they have him at 5'10", but he's actually really at 5'9 or 5'8". 
And I think, you know, Benjamin, you know, is kind of fulfilling his role a little bit, but I think James Carter is definitely missed. Oh my goodness, he's missed. So another week, you know, of watching the Arizona Cardinals, we can see what they're made of, but Seattle, you know, is really good at home. They're tough. Um, and the way Geno Smith is playing right now, it's very impressive. He could be even for comeback play of the year, you know, with Saquon Barkley in the running. Um, he's had a breakout year, man. And, and I, I think if Pete Carroll can find a way to get this team into a wildcard spot, I'd laugh because Geno Smith hasn't been relevant for some time and their defense isn't as good as it's you know, built to be, you know, with LOB, Legion of Boom gone for many years. I, they just haven't had it. Um, but I think if Pete, Pete Carroll can get this team into a wild card spot, he could definitely be coach of the year in the running form. Um, so I have Seattle win this game 20 to 16. Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. Now, this is safe to say that currently constituted, these teams could be in the AFC championship. And that's why I think this early, my oh my, does this game have a whole lot of high implications when it's all said and done. Both powerhouse offenses in the passing game, both defenses, you know, top three in the NFL stopping the run. And it will be a show for the ages in 2022. I, I was talking to many of my peers prior to this podcast, and I said, this game is going to be bigger than just one game in the middle of the season. This game could have implications of a top seed in the AFC. Now, obviously, it doesn't always come down to the home team winning all the time, but Kansas City had, you know, a home field advantage and they won in a shootout against Buffalo Bills. And, you know, Kansas City has a powerhouse rocking crowd at Arrowhead Stadium. And Bills Mafia, they're always coming around, you know, coming to ball. So I think if Buffalo Bills find a way to win this game, they will make their name known in the AFC playoffs because they will, they will have home field advantage. So I, I think Josh Allen will find a way to get this team to victory and get revenge on the, uh, the divisional playoff loss that they faced against uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the 2021 playoffs. Uh, the Bills come away with a victory 27-24. Dun, dun, dun. Dallas at Philadelphia. Divisional matchups are always tough. Always tough. We talked about Arizona and Seattle. And this one will not live up to the expectations. Uh, Cooper Up, Cooper Rush has had his fair share of winning games recently. And the the success is coming from not only Cooper Rush not, you know, turnovering the ball like we always say, especially this year. You're seeing a lot of good coaching. But turnoverless football. And I can see this happening with Dallas. Dallas's running game and their tough defense. They're finding ways to win with their defense and keeping drives alive. And having big runs after big runs. Tony Pollard, you know, he's having a hell of a year. You know, you just look at that team and you say, what more do they need? They need Dak Prescott to be healthy. At the end of the day, we know what the Dallas Cowboys... I said this before the season started. We know what the Dallas Cowboys are. They are a great regular season team. They cannot win 
in the playoffs. They can't. They haven't proven it. And maybe Cooper Rush can lead them that way. But I think in this game particularly, the Eagles will find a way to win this game. They are for real. Jalen Hurts and that offense. My goodness, with A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, and you know Kenneth Gainwell, and Miles Sanders. I know I'm just rattling off names, but A.J. Brown was the steal of this offseason by far. And the Eagles' run defense continues to be dominant. You know, if I'm Cooper Rush, I'm looking for deep shots down the field because I'm not going to have any time to throw in the pocket. You know, due to nagging injuries that the Eagles have in the secondary, maybe he has a chance, you know, for CeeDee Lamb to get open. But again, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm finding a way to limit, you know, Jalen Hurts. And I'm utilizing that running game to kill clock and keep Hurts on the sidelines. And so I think it will be a defensive performance, um, you know, by the Dallas Cowboys that they can find a way to limit Hurts in every single way possible and keep him on the sidelines. It would be a tremendous bout for the Dallas Cowboys in Philadelphia. But that being said, I don't see it. I think the Eagles come away with a victory 30-17. to 17. And that wraps up week six talk. It's going to be a great week. A lot of parity in this league. It continues. Tom Brady's correct. It's not the flavor of football that everybody wants to see where it's, but there's a lot of good defenses out there. There's a lot of great running games, a lot of good coaching right now. We'll see if the product gets a little better from offensive side. But if you're an offensive minded person, like I said, big time boring, but we'll see what happens in week six and might get better from here.